we sort of started the Staunton one, Dave, by talking a little bit about our main takeaways from this era. Um, I have a feeling I know which one you're going to say. Uh, last minute Gary Doherty goes. Yeah. Throw the, big, throw the big man up front. <laughs> you don't know how many times in my notes I've typed out and Gary Doherty pops up late on. It's just because um, if you even go to YouTube and type in Brian Kerr era, you just come up with loads of grainy videos from Eastern <laughs> Europe with launching it, it, it really up to is. the big man in the 94th minute. And <laughs> He had a really remarkable goal-scoring run like that for a centre-back who was converted yeah. to striker. Um, can I just it's like the whole Shane Duffy thing now. You're just going to... Oh, no, we're screwed. <laughs> Throw him up front. Can I flag one or two others with you? Dennis Hare went on punditry for RTE. But Cracker. I, I missed that one. No, yeah, he was on uh, quite frequent, particularly for the Euro 20, 2004 campaign, you know, on and off. He, it was really nice to see. I was, I was watching the back and I was like, Jesus, yeah, Dennis Hare went... And they kind of did it intermittently where they had Giles and Irwin, mm. Dunphy and Irwin. So it was like, maybe they broke it up with that. See, Beck, uh, I have no memory of that because I actually went to the games. Yeah, well, I'm just saying I watched them back. I do remember watching them on telly as well. Um, and also, uh, one last one, because again, you gotta you got to keep on these traditions. Dunphy swearing after every match again. He swore so much. I didn't realise I had to watch this back. And he's watching, um, uh, is it Gary Cook? Is that your man's name? Gary Cook, who yeah. was Dunphy, yeah. Yeah, he, d- he was doing Brian Kerr. And he was doing the line out of the teams with uh, with biscuits. So he had Kevin <laughs> Kilbada's half a digestive and ate a bit of him. He had Richard Dunn as a sausage roll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gary Breed as a stack of uh, custard creams and he knocks it over. And it just cuts back to the studio. And Dovey, look, he's looking around. He's like, that was crap. <laughs> On the Stanton Podcast, Dave, I talked about Brian Kerr's win ratio. He's the highest win ratio of any Irish manager, so I'm repeating myself a bit here with this. But I kind of put this out and I didn't really let the lads answer because we had too much to talk about in the Stanton one. So I'm going to ask you, did he get a, a fair shake of it, Brian? Because he had two qualifications attempts, didn't make it for either, and was let go. And, and regardless of what we think of the FAI or Brian Kerr, is that a fair shake for a manager? I think sort of we get a little bit defensive about, about Brian Kerr, but then you look at it, overall picture and you're like mm, you had a go and, and didn't make it so it's probably fair enough um i think probably the the general consensus i don't know i wasn't in the dress room so i don't really know but i think the players probably weren't too clear about where they were going i think um you know people say lost the dressing room i think that's probably a, a bit of a, a cliche but i think in general there were a few noises from players that maybe they they didn't really see it going forward in the right way but i think if you look back on if you look back on it purely empirically, even take um, take Steve Snowden out of it because that's you know, you <laughs> you need kind of a a, a proper. We did enough Stanton bashing. You don't need to, you don't need to kick him anymore. You need a you need something to to actually compare it against and it's something <laughs> constant. But uh, so as compared to to Mick McCarthy, I think obviously you know he didn't achieve as much as McCarthy did. But if you look at his two campaigns, one and a half maybe or one and one and three quarters. The the one. Probably the, f- the first one where he took over from McCarthy, he did incredibly well even to get into a position where we were in, you know, had a chance. Well, that's d- the came thing. short, but I think the fact he only got one full campaign, I think he can probably rightly be a bit aggrieved about that, mm. you know, considering... We're going we're gonna to kind of split these into two because, it, as I said, it took long enough talking about Stanton that it was one campaign, a disastrous one. This one has plenty to talk about. So this is going to be one, first of a two-parter. We'll probably break them into you know, each of the campaigns he had a crack at. And, and Mick McCarthy, as you said, after a brilliant 2002 World Cup, he, he left after two pretty disastrous opening defeats in the Euro 2004 qualifiers, which I wonder a little bit, you know, when you talk about loss of dressing, there might have been an element of that. I wondered, was that a little bit 
sort of harsh in hindsight, just given the Roy Keane thing that happened, I think more people in terms were of going McCarthy. From, yeah, we're, might, I think more people might have been. Well, going I, from. Uh, as I said, I was at that the Swiss game when I remember he was booed off at the end. And yeah, but there would have been a lot of animosity towards him because there of was Keane. the whole Keane thing um, was always there. And and we talk then we'll just jump right into Brian Cairn and. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, it was one I actually read back. He, he didn't really get the ideal start in a way because his appointment was leaked on the FAI website. They posted it too early. Um, <laughs> I know, you, who would believe? Didn't even um, know they had a website back then. Yeah, I know, before notifying other applicants. So, I mean, I, I'll, just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give you a run through some of the other names that were involved because I, I found an old piece about the bookies' favourites and all that kind of thing and people making their own statements. So you would have had John Aldrich, uh, Kevin Moran, or Kevin Moran, uh, whichever way you like to say it, try to, try to do the match of the day version. Uh, Brian Robson, Peter Reid, Frank Stapleton, Frank speaking Stapleton. of every match, and uh, Philip Troussier. I'm not sure if you remember Troussier. Philip Troussier. He came up every time, didn't he? Yeah, he was just one of those names that was linked for ages. There was he's, a great he's just one of those random sort of... Name generators. In yeah, terms but of Europeans, it just travels around kind yeah. of Africa picking up jobs at mm-hmm. Mali and places like this. Yeah, where, in Asia know. as well. He, he, there's a cracking story of Troussier actually that... Apparently, some lad in France somehow black because Trucy is originally from France. He just picked up all these other jobs, but really, some lad I in couldn't fr- I couldn't have yeah, I know, I know. Some lad in in France uh, basically blagged his way into getting Trucy's number around this time. I think he rang up. Apparently, got in touch with some radio station, pretended that he knew him or was like an agent or something like that. Essentially, rang up Trucy, gave him his cor- commiserations about not getting the Irish job, and that was how Trucy found out. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that happening, just like you know, after applying for a job, some random rings you up. It's like I heard you didn't get it. You're like, what? Um, so obviously, looking at those names as well, Care CV massively the standout one there. <laughs> In terms, of, like again, even still, you look at all the names. Still, it's not like any of them went on to bigger or better things. Peter Reid maybe would have had a bit of caliber about him back well, then. John Aldridge maybe a bit. Yeah, but no, I don't know. Is it Tramier to the playoffs? Couple yeah, times, yeah. Um, but obviously. There's an element, the, the under-16s, the under-18s did care mm-hmm. in the, the European Championship win. Troussier going to bring a... No, Troussier brought Japan to... Well, he, they qualified already. Wasn't yeah. he the Japan coach of 2002? I think it was after. I think it was after, because really? I think it was shortly... I know he, he nearly got the Nigeria job um, after... No, apologies, apologies. I'm, I'm mixing it up. There's another story where Brian Robson... Um, there was a lot of worry that he'd get the job and, and people were understandably concerned because he didn't really have a whole lot of proven pedigree and he did pretty poorly with Middlesbrough, sort of on and off. Um, I know he, I read that he nearly got the Nigeria job, but a Nigerian minister blocked it because Brian Robson's wages were outrageous. <laughs> so so they, had to, they had to not get him in. So I suppose we can look back on that. Interesting little quote as well that, that surfaced at the time and uh, I think you can actually find it on Wikipedia as well, uh, which I didn't know at the time. I promise you didn't take this from Wikipedia. Uh, from Stephen Kenny, who was at Bose at the time and um, talked about it and said not Brian, a nice man <laughs> we'll have to play that sting now so it doesn't just sound like you're insulting him yeah, uh, he, uh, no, sorry I'll take that back yeah but essentially Stephen Kenny said Brian will ensure uh, football thrives across the country his interest won't be in playing golf and opening pubs funny little comparison that just with, with Stephen Kenny going into the job eventually I wonder yeah. obviously he'll probably talk to Brian Kerr about it in an element you'd imagine there'll be a little bit of uh, advice to be, to be given there if you're being cynical maybe you could say that in both cases they're uh, cup price appointments yeah, you could do, although... Not not the, not that they're cup price in terms of their ability. What was, what was Stockton then? Uh, 
double cup price. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think probably you know uh, after McCarthy they they offered him the, or they gave him the big extension before the 2002 World Cup, which seems to be a, an endemic problem in Irish sport that yeah. any time anybody gets to a World Cup or any sort of competition, you give them a massive contract, and then you have to sack them a couple of weeks later. But uh, anyway, in that case, I think they were maybe they were a bit short at that time, and maybe it's kind of the same thing coming up now with a not a huge amount of. Uh, money knocking around and maybe Stephen Kenny seems like the uh, well <laughs> it sells him short I suppose because he's I think he's, he's the outstanding yeah. yeah, candidate for the job but I think they also realise that you know he's not going to be commanding Premier League wages yeah let's talk about I suppose get get into the qualifiers then of your 2004 it was a really tough start for Brian Kerr and his Irish team away to Georgia really really hostile crowd in this one if you look back at it which is funny because we played Georgia so many times at this stage and there's not really all that much of an element to that but there was, um, I mean, I mean, Duffer gave us the lead, pretty scrappy goal. Duffer was one of the key men, obviously, under Brian. Brilliant yeah. relationship with him. I remember this, and I, I watched it back just to try and find a, find a clip. Kilban running over to the ref and giving the ref something that he'd been hit with just before George Equalist. It? it was a little, small, sort of Swiss Army knife thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and you really, like, it, it's funny how... It's funny how we're such good friends with George. Yeah, it, it isn't it? Like we, you know, we've come from uh, such humble beginnings, mm. uh, and of course that was one-one. Uh, Georgia got a, a free kick, swung it in, scored. Who pops up, Dev? We Gary can just copy Doherty. and paste it. Gary Doherty pops up with a header to give us all three points. Grainy footage. Indeed. Um, oh, after that, it already got off to a pretty tough one. Scoreless draw away to, to uh, Albania, um, and really at that point we'd had two defeats, and then and then this draw. Uh, so really the only way at this point we were still even mm. somewhat in it there would have been the nail really if we it would have been only for results had their way elsewhere so Albania had actually beaten Russia and Switzerland dropped points in Tbilisi against Georgia so we kind of remained in it thanks basically to the failures of, of other teams we then went on to beat Albania 2-1 um, and uh, we go again another Gary Doherty late goal yeah. Um, really it wasn't it was an own goal it was a sort of cross shot from Gary uh, a couple Great, of grainy footage yeah grainy footage again a couple of uh, defenders kind of threw their foot at it Robbie lurking in behind so uh, yeah the defender smashed it into his own net another pretty disappointing performance and then we go and host Georgia at home so he would have had uh, a much better performance on the day a lot more balance about the team although probably a more traditional Irish performance and more sort of long he would have had obviously Keno and Gary Doherty on the score sheet again so Look at Gary Doherty off to an absolute flyer. I mean, we've mentioned him. Grainy footage from three from or Dublin four. three or four times. And also the thing about Gary Doherty is his voice. You always forget. You hear him interview, and you're like, oh yeah, he was like, like not cockney, but it was from far London. Off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Irish manager Steve Staunton now he's talking to Tony O'Donoghue. It's coming up. All right. Okay. Uh, be interesting to hear what he says. Actually. I'd be very interested to see what he has to say, but I don't like to see a good football man in this situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's hear what he has to say. He's talking to Tony O'Donoghue. What's the cock off this is? Well, I'll come back to studio. I'm sorry, we have some technical problems. We will sort them out, but we can't sort them out at this particular point in time. See the level and of expectancy. Fucking you can see the level of expectancy. When Neymar was shaking up, take that penalty. I thought he was, yeah. he was fucking dreading it. We're, we're on air. Oh, we're not, are we? We are. are we? Well, I apologise for that, but obviously, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a, an inexactitude. All right, let's get our final predictions. Beyond that, then, 
so, you know, at this point, you know, a little bit of momentum gain. There's a couple of results going our way here and there. Uh, no, obviously, bad losses, which we'd suffered early. So I think at that point, it starts to look like, look, doing a solid job, getting the wins, not losing any more games. We even dropped it points by drawing with Albania. It's come in our favour. 1-1 one, one away draw to uh, Russia. and then oh, a home draw. Oh, sorry, one, one, you're right, actually. Yeah, sorry, it was a home draw, um, which, again, looks... Wouldn't they look and then uh, conceded a goal? And this was a, a big problem in 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 that in, in both of these campaigns. Really, a lot of the time, yeah. took the lead, didn't kick on, do enough with it, um, and then unfortunately, a pretty gutting two 0 defeat to Switzerland was where it was all over for that campaign. And, and yeah. I have to say, I fucking hated the Swiss at that point because we ended up getting them the next campaign, which we'll talk more about. I still hate them. Do you? But just playing them it's it's, just, it, no but it's more that even the players back then I remember hacking fecking yakking just yeah. wrecked my head they rubbed you up the wrong way didn't really they really did like um, another element actually just because I skipped past on that Russia one Damien Duff's goal in that is where essentially the ball comes to him uh, to fee and player tries to not necessarily clatter him but mark him tightly in behind and he just spins the player so well mm. runs past uh, one player goes onto the outside right cuts back in jinx in Hits a pretty average shot, which deflects in. Yeah. So it's a really, really Damien Duff goal in that way. But uh, it's one of those that, again... That was che Chelsea Duff, wasn't it? I'm not quite sure at that point. It might have been a little bit later, but you could be right. You could be right. 2004-ish no, at that point. So think, just yeah, around the time. Mm, no, did Marina take over 2003? And was it? Ranieri... Just finishing up at that point. Yeah. Um, but but even so, it, it, it was around that time. research, really. Yeah, it was around that time, you know either around the time of his move or just before. Um, I, th I think that kind of summed up the, the first campaign, really. But yeah, well, I think I think he was probably a victim, maybe, of the, of the expectation. I think after 2002, well, McCarthy was too, but, you know, you remember coming out of 2002, I think we were, you know, we would have been reasonably one of the, the highest-ranked teams in Europe, legitimately. And I think everybody just kind of... Well, the sense I got anyway was... Maybe it's just my own, my own feelings, but... We all kind of got the feeling that we were kind of top seeds. We were kind of, you know, yeah. we're going to qualify for this next tournament now. And we went went to Russia and kind of started okay. And then it, then it kind of all got a bit bad, didn't it? And then Switzerland game, I think we were going okay again. And we looked like we were going to get, you know, a draw wouldn't be the worst result in the world. And then lost that one again. And the crowd just seemed to, you know, maybe they're paying for his blood already. But they turned. But I even remember, you know, after those kind of difficult results, the early... Brian Kerr, the kind of the you know the, the late goals, the stuff like that, kind of rebuilding a little bit of momentum, and then I think even when Russia came back to Dublin, you know, especially having lost to Albania, I just think there was always a sense that they weren't very good, which I think is like a constant thing in Russian football. They've never really been very good uh, since you know the, the breakup of the Soviet Union, and they always kind of flattered to deceive a little bit, and uh, you know it it always just seemed like it was the Russia game the one that really got away. Yeah. And then we kind of we went to Switzerland and was kind of hiding to nothing. And I don't think it, it's just the kind of game the Swiss are so kind of they they win those games for fun, you know. I wonder w one of the misconceptions I think about the squads as we move further away from them at that time and in the Staunton era because we talked about a back four with like Paddy Kenny and Andy O'Brien and and that is one of the things Pat you know. Kenny, Pat <laughs> if only um, didn't he bang on about played a bit of squash and being fit and all this crack, um, <laughs> uh, but. You look at the squad, and I think one of the things Brian complained a little bit about was not really having anyone to go up with Robbie Keane. Uh, we, Quinner was, was gone at that point. 
we needed someone to fit into that mould. And, and Clinton you see Morrison was kind of the, the, the guy kind of go-to. And, and, and again, we'll save that because Clinton probably had a bit more to play in the, the campaign after this. But in the World Cup 2006 he was campaign. He's kind of still a kind of sub at that stage. Exactly, yeah. And, 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 you know, Richie Sadler would have been one of the names linked at that point, but obviously he had his injury troubles. Yeah, David Connolly would have been in and out of the team. Just never, never up to it, David Connolly. Um, for me, every time I saw him. And, and I think one of the things that... He's streaky. Yeah, massively. So you end up playing Gary Doherty in there, who very much did a brilliant job, but was mm. like... Every time you go, very to much the, in the quinner mode. So. Oh yeah, but not even near. Like you go to the RTE panel every time. If you look at any of the old clips, they're just furious to watch him because you know yeah. he's a defender. He's a he's a you know yeah. he's up there playing that kind That's of football. That's the thing. Like I think Mick even you know, uh, you know in the kind of around two thousand, he kind of moved away from that. He, Quinn wasn't starting anymore, and it was Duff and Keane up front, which is very unusual for Irish football because yeah. you know they're too nippy sort of. You know, neither of them was a n- number nine and. You know, obviously it worked because we got to a, a you know knockout stages of World Cup. But and I think there is an element of care trying to do that because there was a game where I think he played Duffer in behind Keane and Connolly. So like, you know, nearly as as a the old free roll. Yeah, the free roll in behind, and and unfortunately, then we're too much of a one trick pony in that we're sort of relying on Duffer for everything, and and he can only mm-hmm. do a certain amount. I think that was around the time, wasn't it, when you could go to a match and it didn't matter how Damien Duff played. You could always count on 85 minutes. Announcement over the Tannoy. And the sponsors one of the matches. <laughs> hey, <you know. laughs> I think the overall feeling, though, for that first campaign was that it had gone all right. There was a, there was a, I even remember back then, there was a little mm. bit of criticism of how it was a bit flat in terms of, you know... I, I think, to be fair to Brian, he did try different things. I mentioned Duff playing in behind there because I think a lot of people have that misconception as well that it was just four four two constantly. But he, he, I think even as we kind of go on, he tries to have sort of um, inverted midfield. You're, you're Andy Reid's playing out a bit wider and cutting in with players like Carr going up the wing. Yeah, that I, we don't, maybe I don't think Carr's pat sides even. They only were ever 4 4 no, teams. No. They're always gonna, he always had Eddie Gormley or, or Martin Russell or somebody in there kind of you know, somebody who's a bit creative and does things a bit different, and maybe that's what he was trying with Duff, but uh, obviously, uh, you know, international football is a big step up. And we will, I suppose, in the next show, get on to a little bit more of the Roy Keane element, because that is a, a, a really fascinating part of the whole story with Brian and his time in Ireland. I suppose we should talk a little bit about the man himself, and, and just before we, we leave this one, in terms of how he, how he kind of got there, because, like, he would have been... I say a player, I say that lightly. I think he would have played Shells B or something like that a little bit, I read. But apparently he was very, very keen on managing. He said when he when he went to Pats, even back in the day, he was always fascinated by the manager more so. I know you always kind of say these things with hindsight. That's why we always tell people we were so keen to be podcasters all this time. When we were growing up, it was all about podcasters. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Carrick Ker genuinely, he says he dreamt of managing. He, he, you know, he really liked that element of it. And you can see he got involved in it very, very early on. Funny in a yeah. way that his career lasted to a certain point and then kind of went no further. Um, maybe you know, that maybe just came became fed up a bit. Of maybe, it, yeah, I think, um, yeah, like obviously his dad was a a boxing coach and he kind of came up through that that kind of background and yeah, he, he started managing or started coaching quite early. He was involved in Rovers B, I think, with Liam Two. He was his first kind of major role and uh, I don't know I think some sort of fall now happened with Rovers and he ended up being a, a Pats man for life and he, was a, he was at Drogheda for a bit was he I think he might have been popped up at Drogheda for a little while as well in some yeah, sort of coaching he capacity was, he was in a few different places yeah. Right, yeah. I wonder then just lastly as we round this one off the 2002 showing at the World Cup 
did it give everyone a sort of un, uh, sort of unrealistic expectations coming into this tournament? Because I... I think I might have anticipated your question a little while Yeah, ago. yeah, possibly. But I, I think there's an element of, as I said, you look at the squad, I think it starts to thin out at this point. I think 2002, it feels like we have options and maybe a little bit before that. I think even at 2002, you start to identify that there are places where you're like, look at all these players after this point. I'll, they don't all go on to bigger and better things. More often, more, you know, most of them, there was a real feeling at the time even in the punditry, that it was a young team with great yeah, yeah. players. And Duff, Duff probably represents that. Uh, Robbie yeah, Keane Robbie probably Keane. represents that. But Stephen even, Reid. Yeah, but even he never really got to the heights too much beyond he, that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But he was... A couple of years, maybe. In 2002, it was kind of, you were looking at him and going, wow, we have a new player here. And he obviously went on to do great things in the Premier League, but it just, you know, the injuries just got him. And that was kind of even the thing, you know. Put it this way. Fast forward, what, six years, the trap, and it's uh, sort of... he's looking to build his team around him yeah. injuries again so that's it's just yeah. kind of the unfortunate thing that happens but I suppose if you look at the likes of uh, if you look 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 at Robbie look at Damien look at John O'Shea Richard Dunn even you know probably guys who it did take them a few years probably until they were senior players before they were you know really following through on, on the on the promise whereas you probably wanted it during those career years to really really kick on unfortunately football doesn't work like that sometimes and when you have a relatively small population such as we do maybe it's just kind of a you need that bit of luck and sometimes you don't get it and I think maybe Brian was a bit uh, certainly in the in that those transition years after Mick McCarthy is probably just uh, unlucky that he he was there at that time and maybe didn't benefit from the same sort of um, I suppose didn't benefit from the from the building work that Mick had done as much as maybe he should have by that logic then Stephen Kenny's gonna have a, a beautiful one to run into you know what I mean the, mm. he's, he doesn't really have to build on a whole lot could he could he do what Brian Kerr does and just you know it looks so much better in, in sort of retrospect of what we've been served up the last like seventeen years since yeah. the the two World Cup? I I I suspect that at the end of this year you'll probably see a bit of a kind of a, a change into the guard anyway, maybe not too dissimilar to what Mick did in this in his the early days of his spell but maybe not quite so so much brought about by need as by uh, a willingness to change the team around but uh, maybe we can talk more about that in the in the second episode of the Curse series. <laughs> <laughs>